Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And we have been out of our recording chairs for about three weeks. Four. Okay, whatever it's been. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <clears throat> and not because we didn't want to, it's just that this has been a crazy month or so for us, which we've been doing, uh, well, first and foremost, we went to a family reunion, uh, not here, we had to leave to go to it and um we had uh there for like five or six five days i think yeah, yeah and, was, but a lot went into that and it's not just five or six no, days the, the family was still around and yeah touring people around and, yeah getting their getting stuff ready beforehand and yeah, then them, so it was uh, a big entertaining thing. after and yes yeah and we were still able to do a couple little things in between there but not our actual show it was just not really in the cards and then we've had people coming to visit with us and um kind of a a little bit of a revolving door that way and Which there's still been, people to come yeah um, but, which has been awesome it's been so yes. nice especially since oh yeah you know with great. everything being shut down with covid we're finally getting to see people yes. again so it's been fun yeah but we've, we've been, been missing the recording so. the recording just has has <laughs> suffered a little bit but now we we found a good spot and we're actually on vacation again uh in two weeks yeah for a full week but we have no plans at all for that we have a uh, we have a couple friends coming to see us for a few days but that's not going to be a big we deal. do have plans we have plans to play a lot of board yeah. games, I'll tell you that, because we've been, yeah, really, really It's been real that. busy, so, yeah, so <laughs> this is going to be a fun, game-filled week when, when it comes. Yes, and that's not next week, that's the following week, yeah. yeah. But no, it's been, oh, it's been crazy busy. But here we are in episode 40, and we've had a few different ideas for what we're going to be doing for episode 40. We we're going to be having a guest, we we're going to be doing a certain game review, whatever. But we came down to um, wanting to do a new segment on this episode. And so we're going to get to that at the very end of this episode. It's going to be slightly different than what you're used to. But we're still going to kick this one off with uh, the same way we generally do, and that's the new to the collection. But this one's going to be yeah. slightly different. So this is we a, had a special, exciting yes. new to the collection. <clears throat> we had a, uh, a visitor from Saskatchewan um, staying in, not with us, but in Kelowna for the last four days or so. And that was Norm yeah. from Cardboard Conjecture in Saskatoon. He and his family came out to Kelowna for a road trip. And he delivered to us a custom built by him, yeah. solely, by hand, hand board game table. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That it's we, so nice. We've been chatting. <laughs> well, we've been doing all the things with Cardboard Conjecture, right? We've been doing different YouTube things. We've been doing the... Um, all different sorts of things for his podcast and whatnot. And we'd been just in discussion um, basically with, before and after those yeah. segments, been talking about how we were trying to look at getting our new board game table because just like everyone else, we've been using kitchen tables yeah. and whatnot. It was one of the episodes we did with um, Cardboard Conjecture. It was um, the uh, the new to the collection and on your radar. Yeah, and on the radar. On, that's on right. my radar. <laughs> was a it new was board two game separate table. <laughs> board game tables that happened to be on GameFound at the same time. That's right. And, and then Norm messaged us after the fact, being like, "You know what? I, like, because he makes things. He's a he's, he's a wood a, carver. Yeah, he's very he's talented a, one. Uh, and a carpenter. And he said, "What if I looked at building one for you?" And we go, "Okay, said, yeah, if that's something you want to do." So we commissioned him on that. And yeah, he kind of built it in secrecy. He was kind of showing us little snippets <laughs> of, of pictures of it online. Getting our input. <laughs> but yeah, and then we, uh, 
we're like, yeah, let's do it, right? And um, and he, yeah, he built this thing in it's gorgeous. a week or so. He built it top to bottom, a couple weeks. Well, I think it was more than a week, but he spent a lot spent, of yeah, time on it. A lot of time. And he built it and he, he strapped it to the roof of his car and drove it out here from Saskatoon. And we assembled it here down in uh, our uh, basement here. And, oh my goodness, is it something else. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. There will be... There's a couple pictures of it on Twitter, on his account and our account, I think. But we're going to be, yeah, we'll we'll uh, send out a few more pictures of it there. But you, yeah, it's incredible what he did with this. And he built, so it's a, what is it? It's a four by eight? Four by six. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what he said. This is longer than I am tall. Well, maybe we got a little <laughs> bit extra extra room. Either way, it's a big bloody table. And it's, it's probably a, the game that this part is four by six. Like the actual gaming the part, actual the frame will make it be, larger. But then the actual table yes, itself, but because it's got the big um, ridges, the big uh, resting arm yeah, armrest, spots so for, nice. where the stuff can't fall off the table. He built it, and he built a whole bunch of uh, extra stuff. So there's like cup holder things and dice trays, dice trays and, and card holders and uh, component holders. These are all made by hand by, by Norman. It's unbelievable. And it just, it was kind of... It, in the talks, it just ended up being meant to be it. Uh, the wood he used, it was um, just. It just was funny when he told we told us what kind of wood it was. It's birch wood from Nipawin, mm-hmm. and Nipawin just happens to be a place that I used to go fishing with my family and my grandparents when I was younger. So that's right. And I haven't been there in eons, and so yeah, it was just. It's very special. I'm very excited. I love this table. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful every time we come into the basement now it just smells yummy of it does like it smells lovely like this wood. wood and oh it's amazing oh it's we good. had to re kind of configure our basement down here um we had to get rid of this furniture so we had to better. get rid of a whole bunch of stuff we <laughs> reorganized so much everything. more space now this thing sits dead smack in the middle of well one half of or i guess a quarter of a basement it's kind of filled with this thing well yeah this room yeah yeah or yeah but half of our major like our main room downstairs is consumed by this thing and it's oh it's so awesome we could fit one two three four five six seven eight nine we could fit 10 people at this table comfortably yes which is wild to me and no more side tables nothing yes really really cool and he he designed it totally uh custom so he asked like what color do you want this what do you want that so our our mat is like a almost like a like a like a mustang red you know like a like a 1965 candy apple sort of red i'm not sure what color this is but it's an awesome red and it's just a nice matte so yeah, it's not shiny. Finish, yeah. It's nice and matte. So everything like the, the the lights in the room don't reflect off of it and stuff. It's just great. And yeah, we couldn't be more thrilled with this. And it's um it's permanent here now. It's yeah. not it's not leaving here. So thanks, Norm. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> really, really nice. Um and people are gonna be jealous of this thing for sure. Like all <laughs> nobody around here has an actual game table that I'm aware of. We're all just kitchen tables, coffee tables just the whole thing but this i'm is just like, excited to be able to play a game that's a table hog and have it fit the table yeah so something like dinosaur island or dinosaur world or you know where you've got so many trays eclipse. and side tables eclipse right yeah. and where you don't have to worry like oh if we build the board out this way is it going to fall off the table yeah. am i going to have to move the board it's just gonna be nice to have uh have the space to kind of mm-hmm. do what we want it is uh I'm going to have to get you to read me cards if I'm on the other end of the table. <laughs> I kind of joked it was if we're sitting at the long ends, it'll be like those uh, 
those old fashioned, or not old fashioned, but like in castles and stuff, when you've got one person sitting at one end of this long table and one at the other end, it's like, hello yeah. down there. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's the first game table I've ever used. Me I've too. never played on something like this. That's so always been, always. Just it's already table. so so comfortable. It My is, hands are like the way they, like yeah, right the now. way the arms are. It's really, really nice. But yeah, <sighs> can't thank Norm enough for doing this. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be one of our most prized possessions now. Yep. And yeah, that's uh, that's what we're going to call new to the collection is this brand new spanking custom board game table. <laughs> so I think we will move on to the crowdfunding segment. Alrighty then, here we are at our crowdfunding segment of the episode, and we have one cool thing to take a look at this week, and this is currently on GameFound. So, um, we've talked about this game a couple times on the show, yeah. including uh, in kind of breaking news. Mm. I mean, it might have been her last one, it was so long ago. Yeah, it was, it was four or five weeks ago anyway, uh, that Keyforge had been bought, um, because yeah. Keyforge had gone through hell... Um, with its algorithm breaking and having to shut down the production of the game. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with it because, as Keyforge is, every deck is supposed to be completely unique, and that wasn't the case. It was broken, and the decks were getting spit out, and some were the same, and whatever. Yeah. So they had to stop everything and uh, decide how they were going to move forward. And what they did was the um, one of the founders of... Fantasy Flight Games. Fantasy Flight Games, which was... Uh, made Keyforge uh, created a new company called Ghost Galaxy, and he purchased the uh, rights to Keyforge, everything Keyforge, um, yeah. and then moved. So, just moved Keyforge over to Ghost Galaxy to be produced. Uh, Fix the algorithm, and yeah, and then it was up to him and and that that company to figure out how to move forward with it. And I guess they have because they're on GameFound now. Um, promoting well it's not it's not live yet but it will be live in september uh a brand new keyforge set called um keyforge winds of exchange so this is going to be on uh gamebound as a camp like a, a crowdfunding campaign which is the um completely different than they've ever done keyforge keyforge was just released yep set by set by set just retail and so now they're going in a different direction. I'm not sure um, why, but it must have something to do with getting Keyforge back up on its feet again. I'm, I would guessing. think so. I mean, it's been out for a while now, so it might just be a way to kind of yeah, it must be a way for them to get money in their kick pocket, started, right? But on yeah, game to, found, but to, yeah, to um, you know get the cash yeah in their hand in in for a way to get this the broken part of this fixed and up and going again because i doubt that they're going to keep keyforge as a crowdfunded no i don't think i'm thinking this is probably a one-time deal just for um ghost galaxy just for the new one it's a brand it's got a new face like a new name or not a new name but a new um new publisher so it's just yeah just i think i want to say it's purely just to get an influx of cash just to to get everything going so that they can get their ball rolling and then i would think so yeah i'm guessing that's the case but either way they are crowdfunding it 
And this one is called the Winds of Exchange. And there's a few details here. It says that Keyforge, um, uh, do, 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 do. I can skip a little bit of this. <laughs> well, yeah, it was acquired by Ghost Galaxy in June of 2022 and um, by Christian T. Peterson, the founder of Fantasy Flight. And that's pretty quick, acquiring it in June and then starting this oh, in yeah, September. So they're working hard on it. Onto this. Yeah. yeah. It says Winds of Exchange introduces a number of new elements, including a new house, which is called Compacts of Equidon. And it has a new to- uh, token creature mechanism and sees the return of several older houses as well, including the long missed favorites, Brobnar and Mars. Oh, Mars. Mars is awesome. Mars is all about <sighs> aliens, literally, like these like little green aliens. I got swamped all the time with Mars. They're, ho- they're Yeah, they're so good. Like the combinations that they would have. Oh, man. They're brutal. Just destroyed me. All the time. But yeah, I could I never do the same. I would switch decks with whoever I was playing with and it'd be like, okay, fine. You see how you like it. And I would still lose. Right. So maybe it wasn't Mars. Maybe it was just me. No, <laughs> Mars was good. But Mars, Mars was, was hard. Really it was good. a good deck. And yeah, Brobnar was all the... Um, good house, I should like say. Like the lava Viking... Brobnar was just like heavy hitting. Yeah, super right? heavy. Yeah, they had like giants. And... Giants with clubs and fire and yeah. lava and stuff. And it says, if you're wondering what the trade winds will bring to the Crucible, be sure to subscribe to the campaign. And we did. We subscribed to the campaign because it also says that if you subscribe to the campaign, you're going to get a free deck yeah. when you, uh, if you back this. Yeah. So it's okay. Why not? Why not? So we're we're going to back it, a, so. Yeah, we're going to back we'll, it for sure. We'll have to support this. We've played a lot of Keyforge. We have a lot of Keyforge decks. I can see them over there on the shelf in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we have a lot. And our son, <clears throat> our oldest son, really, really likes this game as well. So he'll be... Um, He'll be excited, excited it's back up and running. Coming. So, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that they're, you know, they're they're not dilly-dallying with They're this. actively getting yeah. it ready. Yeah. I think they're just, yeah, they're, they're going full-fledged into into getting Keyforge back on its feet. And I'm excited about it because it's a really good game. It's really, really fun. Uh, we've got, like, all sorts of stuff for Keyforge. We haven't played it in a little while, but we've... We were pretty heavy into it, so I'm excited. Yeah, about we got a nice like, player mat for it, and yeah, we got the, the dual player mat. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, very good. So yeah, that's Keyforge, uh, the Winds of Exchange coming to GameFound in September of this year, and it doesn't have any more details other than that, just having the uh, new a new house and bringing back Bro- bringing back Brobnar and Mars, and it also oh it says that there will be a new two player starter set. So if this is going to be uh, your first yeah. uh, introduction into Keyforge, you will get that two-player starter set that you can just and throw it, on the table and away you go. And it's new, so it's obviously <clears> going to be a little bit different than the other ones. Yeah, so have new, that'll be fun. New uh, mechanisms and whatever, yeah. but it'll be it'll be Keyforge. So, the components might just look a little different. Yeah, so if you don't, if you've never played Keyforge, this is a great time to uh, jump in. Jump in on it because it's going to be uh, hitting the ground running here. And yeah, that's it for our crowdfunding segment. So we're going to get on to our last segment of the episode right after this meeples and milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun they offer a stay and play library with over 500 games yummy eats like delicious milkshakes tasty treats and scrumptious sandwiches all made in house and they host a board game meetup every wednesday and friday at 7 p.m Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. 
Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode, and this is going to be a brand new segment that we are calling the Rapid Fire Review segment, in which we are going to uh, review several games in roughly the same time frame that we would generally review one larger big box kind of game. Yeah. We've, we're going to take uh, some s- several smaller games. They don't have to be... Uh, the, they don't have to be physically smaller in size, I guess, but just no. smaller in um, in time, generally. Yeah, shorter and games, a little bit less going on. Yeah, maybe. a little bit less going on. So, you know, these are more shorter games, smaller games. You get the idea. Yeah. Things that we can wrap up in half an hour sort of thing. And we're going to, yeah, we're going to try and do several games in the same time frame. And today we're going to be doing three games. Yeah. And these are three games we've played quite a few times over the last few weeks, um, especially since... Uh, these are smaller games. We've been taking these games with us to places whenever we've been out and about. We've been throwing these in the backpack and playing them. And I believe all three of these are strictly two-player. Yeah. Yeah. So They are. They are. That's not going to be always the case with these rapid-fire reviews. These are just going to happen to be uh, straight up two, three two-player games that we're going to yes. go and review in roughly 10, 15 minutes each kind of thing here. But we are going to also, we are going to cover all the same things that we generally would like artwork and components and how it plays and all those things. But yeah, we'll just do it in a shorter amount of time. Okay. So let's get the ball rolling. We're going to start off with what, Anna-Marie? We're going to start off with Scope Stalingrad, designed by Juan A. Nache, art by Matias Cazorla, and published by Draco Ideas. Yes, Scope Stalingrad is a game I pre-ordered yeah. through meeples.ca. This is a game that just showed up on their pre-order. I didn't know anything about this game other than I just loved the theme. I did a quick read of what the game was about, and it was an instant uh, Yeah, you were me. you were jazzed about this yeah. so the second you read it. Do <laughs> you want to give them a little, uh, yeah. a little rundown? theme snippet here? Sure. That'd be great. The year is 1942, World War II. Germany and the Soviet Union fight fiercely for the control of a ruined Stalingrad. In this merciless urban combat, snipers from both sides have a decisive role, spreading chaos and shooting down priority targets in the enemy front. In scope, each player controls a sniper team that must eliminate the rival sniper team and other strategic objectives, looking for targets, changing position, and shooting wisely to not be discovered and eliminated. Yes, that's exactly it. So this is a card game. Believe it or not, um, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think, but it, this is a straight-up card game. Um, the game is is in a tiny box, just a regular little card box sort of thing with sixty cards. That's it. However, yeah. yeah, it is exactly what you said. It's a game about snipers trying to eliminate each other in the battle of Stalingrad between Germany and the, the Soviet, Soviet Union, and um, during World War Two, I should say, yes. <clears throat> and. Um, yeah, so how does this game work? Each side controls a deck, either the German side or the Soviet Union side. And in that deck is going to be several different things. There's going to be your three snipers. Yep. So three cards that, that are just have a picture of a sniper on it. 
Um, there's going to be like a general, there's a machine gunner, there's a mortar guy, there's a, a array like, of different soldiers. Yeah, they call them unit cards because sure. they're just all sorts of different, yeah. and different units have a, you have. Yeah, and they'll have a value, an elimination value on them of like one, two, or three, I think, yeah. something like that. And you, that's our kids upstairs with our squeaky uh, <laughs> deck door. Deck door. <laughs> um, uh, just disregard. Um, and they, they have decoy uh, cards. There's the decoys, yes, which is yeah. just a, it's a rifle with a helmet on yeah. top of it. And then there are empty cards. Empty so cards. They're empty areas. Like absolutely nothing. Yeah. So it's just they're like abandoned areas. And then you have um, two, one card each that says, like bang. bang. They're called yeah. shot cards. And that's your shot. Yeah. Yeah. So what the way this works is you're going to create, uh, depending on um, what scenario you're doing, because this game actually provides you to do a whole bunch of different yeah. scenarios. But the base game idea of this is that you're going to have a 15 card um, five by three grid laid out in front of you. And that's going to that's going to represent your side of the battlefield. It's going to be five across and three deep. Yeah. And that's going to your your three sniper like your cards are going to be hidden in that in that um, grid on on the board, and your three snipers are going to be hidden on your side. And you're going to have an array of different other cards, obviously, and these are all face down, so you can't tell what's what and where anything is. And you get to plant these down as you want. So you take yes. your hand card and you make this five by three grid, placing your snipers wherever you like and everything else wherever you like. And then um, I believe the Germans go first or something. I, I think so, I yeah. I don't think it matters. But <clears throat> what you're going to do is only really one of two things on your turn. You're either going to... Um, search? Search an area or move your move on your own side. So by searching... Um, so if it's my turn and I say, okay, I'm going to search that card there on your side. One of these five by three one of the 15 cards in there. You're yeah. going to reveal it, and I'm going to see what it was. And if it was a sniper, I can take a shot at him and eliminate yes. him. And if it was nothing, well, it's nothing. I don't have to do anything. If it was a decoy, I must take a shot at it. Yes. And if it's a soldier, one of the other characters out there. You can I choose to shoot choose or to not. Shoot or not. So the, um, I should say the way to win this is to either get seven points so eliminating other characters on the other side that equal seven points. Yeah, so like with one, two, and three. Or yeah, they'll have different values yeah. on them. Or eliminating all three of your opponent's snipers. Yeah, and so like the decoys, for example, when you f if you flip them up, you have to shoot them. They're a value of zero, so yeah. they're not going to help you at all. No, but the reason that you have to shoot them is because if you do take a shot, even if, if I eliminate a sniper or I eliminate one of your other characters or I have to shoot at the decoy, is I have to place my bang card representing yeah. where I shot from because my snipers are shooting, right? Yes. So I have so to it gives take away my your bang position. card. Yeah, Very, and I have yeah. to t uh, put it down covering the four corners of four cards on my side, one of which has to be a sniper. Yeah, so it'll be like the inner part of a quadrant of cards yeah. that you just say, okay, yeah, so he's in, he's one of these four cards. You know that I, I shot and killed your sniper, but you know the shot came from this area yes saying that one of these four cards is one of my snipers so i place that card down on touching those four corners of those four cards now you have information as to where my sniper is because i got lucky and searched found your sniper shot him yeah and i was done now you know roughly the location of my one of my snipers so you're going to likely search one of those four cards right mm -hmm. let's say you searched one of those four cards and didn't find him now it's back to my my side 
um, say you you uh, just found a nothing card, an yeah. open card. Open space. Now it yeah. comes back to me. And now I have the option to either search your side or, like I said earlier, it can move. Strategically move? Yeah. So what you can do is you can pick up any four cards that are in a quadrant, a quadrant on your side. You can pick them up into your hand, um, shuffle them however you'd like, and place Rearrange them back down. Rearrange them back down how you want. Yes. So if I had a sniper in one spot, I think she's already figured out where that sniper is. I'm going to pick up those cards. I'm going to move them. And then I'm going to... Or I'm going to shuffle them, sort of, however I want. I'm going to place them back down. Now that sniper is going to be in a different location. Or maybe not. Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe you it. place them down in exactly the same spot. Yes. <laughs> just to throw you off, right? <laughs> yeah. Being like, oh, the sniper's on the move, right? But is he? Not sure. Yeah. Um, and that's all you do. You go back and forth, either searching and hopefully um, taking a shot yeah. at someone, but then revealing the rough area of where one of your snipers is, and then going back and forth, trying taking. Uh, pot shots at each other until you've either eliminated all three of your opponent's snipers or, or accumulated seven points accumulated seven points yeah. of other um, casualties yes and it is simple and cool yeah <laughs> so um so that is how the game plays it's really that yeah. simple um there's nothing else to it although there are other game modes so you can look at those yourself but this is the base game of how yeah. this works so let's uh let's take a look at the theme mm -hmm. revisit the theme does the theme lend well to this game yeah it's it, it does i mean i i think of i've thankfully never had to be part of a war <laughs> yeah um but i can imagine just you know the chaos and stress oh, yes. and not comparing this game to the stress of war no. but like of course it, not if you think of um the memory if it what your memory is, right? Like how you, uh, that I butchered that sentence. Sorry. I'm this game kind of comes down to memory is what yeah. I'm going with. You have to remember like where their snipers were. And then if they move them, you have to remember, okay, he moved those four cards. So it could be there, there now it could be in more places. So when you're going to shoot you're it's, you're kind of thinking, but it, it, it kind of mimics. So, well, they're going to move. If they yep. give away their position, their chances are they're going to move. Almost. 99% Always, right? sure that they're going to move. Yes. They're going to, they want to get out of there. So you can't, you can't Which get is them. the way a, a real sniper would operate. Yeah. The second they give away any inkling of their position, they're up and out. And they're gone. up and out. Right? right. So like, I think that's very thematic. They, they were able to capture that with how it's like, okay, well now I can move. Yep. If you, if your opponent isn't able to shoot first, yep. right? Like, cause you get that one shot. So if you get, if you get them well, you didn't move fast enough. Right. Yep. So yeah, I mm. do think they, um, capture the theme on this one i think they did incredibly well capturing the the idea of snipers hiding and shooting at each other from across a battlefield it's for a card game i think this game oozes theme i love it um this is one of the best card games i've played in a long long time and i'm super glad we got it yeah it delivered on everything you were hoping for so it is good. It, it's exactly <laughs> as soon as i read it this is the game delivered you know and i hadn't read exactly how it worked but i just kind of read the general that idea, idea yeah. and this is exactly what i had in my head so loved it loved the theme so components wise um the deck of cards it's just a deck of cards good quality yeah. nice pictures they're actual um like historic photographs yep of these soldiers um and uh locations and it just yeah they're and the the pictures on the cards are all viewed through the scope of a gun yep of a rifle <laughs> yeah yeah um but they're very well laid out. All the uh, iconography is very simple and uh, easy to identify what you're doing. 
And yeah, components are simple. It's a box with cards, but the cards are great quality. Good yep. stuff. Um, the artwork. Artwork is fine. Yeah. I love the artwork on the box. I really, yeah. really like the artwork on the box. On the back of the cards are just really um, the German Iron Cross or the Soviet Union Hammer and Sickle. Um, and with a kind of a historic uh, kind of black and white grainy yeah. photo from a battlefield. And then the yeah, same on the front. They're, photogra- they're photographs of yeah. um, soldiers from World War II. So it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, so we're right on time here. Do we recommend this game? And if so, who for? Yeah. Highly recommend this game. Um, they To note, they've got um, 12 plus on the... On yeah, the box, and that is for content. Idea of what's Doesn't going on say here, it's right? not. It's not for gameplay. It's for content. Yeah, just your snipe like gameplay shooting people. Ultra so. simple. Yes, sure. But content. This is a pretty serious uh, theme. That's here, fair. Right? I think that's valid. So I agree with it. I, I, I would uh, recommend this for anybody that likes card games, especially if you want to play this to like uh, if you're only a two-player group. Um, you can play this four player. Yeah, we haven't, but that's, um, I you're just then controlling each controlling parts. And yeah, this I think is this is a good game. two player game. This is a head on head. Yeah. Out smart outwit, you know, yeah. out luck your opponent. Love and it. sure. Like 10, 15 minutes to stay on the box. I think yep. that's pretty that's accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> really like it. Yep. Love it. If you like world war two, you like card games, two player stuff. Oh, this is great. Highly recommend it. So we are perfectly on time here. That is our, Rapid review of Scope Stalingrad, and uh, that comes from Draco Ideas. What are we reviewing next, Anna Marie? We are reviewing Caper Europe, designed by Unai Rubio, art by Josh Emmerich, and published by Keymaster. Mm-hmm. Caper Europe. This was a cool, uh, um, yeah, another cool two player game that we played recently. Um, do you want to tell them roughly what the theme is here? Yeah, you're just a thief. <laughs> you're a yeah. thief in Europe and you're uh, trying to um, steal things. You're going to steal diamonds or artwork or um, jewels. Just, yeah, you're just you're, you're thieving and you're trying to do it um, yeah, sneaky. Com- competing thieves, and, right? Yeah, competing yeah. thieves. You're each a thief and you're trying to, you know, muster, muster the best team, uh, the best team of thieves and get the most loot. Yeah, so let's talk about how this game works. So you have a, a central board, which is this, this long, thin, skinny board that you, you have one person on each side of the long side of. The yeah, board. you're on the. <laughs> yeah, you've got this thing laid out horizontally, but between you. Yeah. And then you're gonna have uh, three locations, and they're gonna be. Um, there's like a starting deck of cards that are you're always used in every game, but then you can also add in um, a different location, say like Paris. Right, instance. and you take the Paris deck. I think there's four additional decks. Yeah, think. there are a few different decks. Yeah, and then you t- so you take the Paris deck and you shuffle in X amount of cards. It tells you how to do it um, into this. So now you've got like a, a unique deck if you're if you're trying to pull off these heists in in uh, Paris, and then you each. Um, it's pretty simple. There's a, there's a little um, at the far end of the board. There's a little uh, track that tells you. Well, what what are you gonna say? No, I was gonna. Oh. Keep going. I was going to add add on to that. And on that track, it's going to tell you um, how many cards you're going to have this round, what type of cards you're going to have this round, and whose starting turn it is this round. Because it's not just back and forth. It actually dictates in round three, it is always 
the person that the arrow is pointing at, either the left or like the north side of the board or the south side yeah. of the board. It's a very neat track and very well laid out. Yeah. And then so each round there's going to be um, cards from two different decks that you're going to be working with. You've got the thief deck and the goods deck, right? Uh, gear. Gear. Yeah. yeah, not goods. The thief gear. deck and gear gear deck. And yeah. so on the first round, I believe it's thieves. Yeah. So you're going to be placing out thieves. And it's neat because you're, you're actually, um, uh, was it uh, drafting them? You're drafting your thieves. Yeah. So what you're going to be doing is you're going to be given... Um, depending on what round you're in. So for the first round, you're each going to receive four thieves. You're going to get dealt out four thieves from this deck. And they're all going to do random things for you. They're going to have kind of different strengths and weaknesses. And you're going to be placing out these thieves one at a time onto your side of the board into one of nine different spots. Right. Kind of three spots per location. There's three locations, three spots per location Nine per thieves side. in total. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to take from my hand a thief that I want to use. And it's going to have some sort of ability on it that's going to be, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different abilities. And I'm going to throw down a thief in this section here. And then you're going to do the same on your side. You're going to throw it on a thief in whatever section on your side of the board you want to do in whatever location. And then... We're going to swap decks. Yeah, you're going to trade decks. So I give my remaining three to you. I take your remaining three. And then we keep going. I lay down a thief from the ones you just gave me. And then you lay down another one. And then we're going to switch again and so forth until we've played out all the thieves. Yes. Then we're going to go to the next round. There's a little marker, this little um, cool little thief looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> that you, he's got like a trench coat and a hat and he looks like he's just a typical thief. And you're going to go down to the next spot on the on the uh, the score or what's that track? The game track. I guess, I guess it's like called. the round track round almost, tracker. right? You've got, yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be now, we're going to be pulling cards from the gear side of things. And we're uh, for the second round, we're going to get six pieces gear of gear each. to use. And we're going to do the same thing. Six cards each. And we're going to be looking through these cards and playing one. And depending on which side it's pointing at, the arrow dictates who goes first. And you're going to be adding gear to the thieves that you've yeah, a piece down. of gear has to go underneath a thief, on yes. a thief, yeah. And you can only have three pieces of gear per thief. Yes. And these be these pieces of gear are going to do a whole array of different things for you. Um, they're going to... Uh, they're going to have different colors on them. So yes. um, the colors are going to get you, like, let's say you put a thief down that was, you know, purple with a little thief mask. So mm -hmm. then every time you put down um, a purple... Uh, gear card or purple card you're going to move in that section you're going to move the little uh, mask oh, yeah, up and down because that. <laughs> that's that's kind of how yeah. you win the game forgot to mention <laughs> so we'll back up here a bit in each location there's the three different locations there's going to be um four different kind of pieces of art or diamonds or antiques yeah antiques and there's going to be these four tokens there that are kind of up for grabs between you and i at each location and there's also going to be a little track at each location saying whether I'm kind of dominating that that location or you're dominating right. that location. Yeah. And it's going to move up and down depending on what cards we we play. If I play some good cards to that, it's going to move towards me. And the further that that the token is towards me on that track, the more likely is that I'm going to win that location at the end of the game. And that location on the card itself is also going to have a, a point value for yeah. like when you win that location that's going to give you that amount of points yes. and it's going to have some, and if you win that location, there's going to be a bonus like, Oh, maybe whoever wins this location gets two times all of the diamonds they've collected. Yeah. 
And so you have little bonuses. Exactly. On them. And in, in order to move that track up and down, it's a little mask icon. So on every thief that you play into that one that has a, a mask icon, you're going to move it towards you. Any of the gear cards that you play on those thieves in those areas with the mask icon is going to move it towards you. Yeah. But then there's also a whole array of other things that you can do, including... Um, like victory points, just straight up little star icons yeah, on cards can, that you play. A little bit of set collecting for like, yeah. if you get, uh, you know, a purple, yellow, and green gear card, you're going to get, that's one set collection for this particular location. Yeah. And so. There, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different, yeah, things that can be done with the, between these thieves and gear, depending on how you, you play them. Yeah. And what gear you set get. Set collection <laughs> to do with uh, pushing that, that, uh, token towards you towards uh collecting the um the relics and artwork because if you play down a a card into that section that has a picture of say that pharaoh on it then you and if there's a pharaoh in that location you can just simply take that yeah and then you add it to your vault and, and so you're forth. points for that at the end of the game too for how much you've collected yeah and then so at the end of the game you're trying to have collected a whole bunch of these different goods um you're trying to uh win each location by moving that uh, token towards you as far as you can to get as and at the bottom of those um, tracks are actual additional victory points yes. so if you can get it all the way to the right close to yourself you're actually going to get a couple victory points at the end of that as well and depending on who wins that section is going to and depending on what card is in that section uh, for that location you're going to get various other different points for well, it's tough i remember like one of the games we were playing i was really collect trying to collect a lot of the diamonds because i wanted to win that uh that's one specific section that location mm -hmm. i totally completely failed at winning this <laughs> the location yeah. so you dominated the location and i had all the diamonds so it mm -hmm. didn't get you know didn't get to uh work for me that way but um i think in that game we were only one point different Anyways, so. so it was interesting. I thought you were totally going to demolish me. And another thing one point we different. need to mention is um, in order to play these cards. So when you're playing down your thieves, every time you play down a thief, they're actually going to give you money. Yes. And the money is going to be used to, to buy play the gear and buy the gear yeah. that you play down. And there's only a finite amount, 10 coins yeah. between the, between both of us yes. that are available at any point. So if I play down, uh, uh, a thief, and then he's got a three, a little number three, I get three coins. And then once I get to the gear round, I have X amount of coins that I've collected, depending on the, the thieves I play down, to spend to play out the gear. But, um, and you can only play down what you can afford. So some of these gear cards are going to cost money. Some of them are going to actually help you gain money from, even from your opponent. You're going to end up stealing coins from your opponent and so forth. And, or just gaining coins from the from the stockpile but if there's not enough coins there then you can start taking from your opponent until you're equal and yeah that's the one thing things. is you can take from your opponent but you can never you can never bury them you can never yeah. bury them because as soon as you guys have the same amount of coins that's then it. it's equal so if i'm if i play a card that makes me owed four coins but there's, there's only, two in the thing yeah. um so i take both of those and then i go to you and i can only take one and then we're equal that's it i i forego yeah. the last coin um but then yeah it's a cool little thing that you have to keep in mind uh, how you want to play these cards now you can't just play anything at any time no um so that's kind of how it works and then you're going to do one two three four five six different rounds yeah so three thief rounds and three, and three go gear, uh, rounds. gear rounds and you're gonna yeah try to win each location try to s steal as many goods as you can and yeah that's Have it. the best crew of thieves around yeah and then depending on 
what uh, location you went to, say Paris, there's also the Paris card that you're going to have there. It's going to tell you if you did this during yeah. this game, you're also going to get points for this. So there's a whole whole array of ways to get points and things in this game, depending on how you play and what uh, what cards actually come out to do this. Because just for any given round, there's like a hundred different combinations of cards that could come out just for Paris alone. Yeah. Um, between the regular deck and then the Paris cards that you add to the deck. And uh, yeah, a whole bunch of different thieves and a whole bunch of different gear and really, really cool game. <laughs> so let's revisit the theme here. Did the theme lend well to this game? Yeah. I think it really did. I thought it felt yeah. like you're stealing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Was... yeah. Oh, and I, I think it really is like, ah, oh, you definitely got the point across that you were doing better than me or that I was doing better than you in certain areas, right? Like. Maybe oh, yeah. the museum is your area of expertise. Right. But like, well, I'm not even going to bother there anymore because I really have the police station. I'm good at you yeah. know, stealing. Right. Depending on the combinations, depending on what thieves you had and when really dictate like where you're going to do well. Yeah. Really, you know, so um, if you, you know, had three really solid thieves that work together in this one area, like they kind of their their powers kind of melded together melt and together. Yeah. Then you're probably going to dominate that section. And you can kind of see that like I'm not even going to worth putting any, yeah, any of my crazy whatever. resources into there. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it, it worked really well. It was fun. It was stealing stuff from each other and grabbing these like Egyptian artifacts and diamonds and things. Yeah. yeah I liked it. Yeah. Cool theme. So how about the artwork? I love yeah. the artwork in this game artwork is fantastic fantastic it's playful yeah it's, it's very fun. stylized yeah it's just it's silly but in like i think that's what it gives thievery a light like the light tone right like yeah. it's just a it's very cartoony very like european honestly it's it looks kind of very french yeah like ratatouille kind of oh for sure style um Oh, yeah. I like it. It's really great. It's kind of hard to, they're very, what's the word? A caricature, sort of, but not, not. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just, it's very good. Check yeah, out great. the art on you this. You have to this, see it. If you look it up. The thieves look fantastic. Like, each thief yeah. is different. and <laughs> They all look just like scoundrels. They're fantastic. It's really good. There's chefs, there's nuns, there's painters, there's. there's mimes. Yeah, mimes. Like, <laughs> yeah, all these different. Oh, it's great. People. It's really, really good. But yeah, the art I think is A plus fantastic yeah. on this game. And the components. Components are great too. Really good. The insert. Wow. They the got, insert for this game. Yeah. Is made of that soft green I don't know what it is. I don't remember where I've seen it. This is it's what velvety suede. It's like stuff. velvet. Yeah. The insert has got like this velvet cover to it. It's kinda like from chess sets from like, you know, the sixties and fifties where they had this like the only time I remember seeing this is in a chess set I have from my dad. Okay. Um, where it's like it, it's it's got this soft velvet yeah covering to it that helped protect the pieces. Yeah. And it's all molded and there's a little spot for every single yeah, little piece got to sit in there. Yeah, they've got insert that keeps everything nicely in place. It's yeah. got nice wooden components for the um, little place markers and the yeah. trackers that go up and down. The cards are nice. It's exceptional. The components yeah. are really really good for this. Yeah. Uh, particularly the storage the the trays are unreal. fantastic um so yeah a plus for their uh components for this little game yeah um and then that brings us to whether or not we recommend yes. this game if so who for yeah, <laughs> i love this game. this game this is one of the best two-player games i played in a while this game is fun it's yeah. just it's light 
lighthearted set collecting, just trying to, but you're uh, with the, the drafting in there too, where like yeah. you're taking a card and then, you know, they, Oh, these aren't my actual thieves and gear for the rest of the round. I have to switch, switch right? it to you. Your hand isn't your hand. Right? I really want this one, but I need this one. Do mm. I take the one that I want or the one that I need? No, knowing that right? either you're going to take it. And that it comes back to you, right? That's, oh, hopefully she doesn't use this. And, and there are only, I think like three cards in the deck where you can, um, actually remove the last like a card that your yeah, opponent played the flamethrowers so, or whatever yeah i yeah. can totally like yeah ah, no you thief yeah <laughs> like uh, you it's, it's almost like you stole what i stole right yeah. <laughs> you know blast but yeah it's so good super fun i love awesome two-player game yeah highly recommend it definitely and again we're right on time we're down almost down to the second for perfect no, for another 15 minute uh rapid review which is going, yeah, so this was, um, this is Caper Europe um, from Keymaster. So what are we going to be reviewing for the last game of our, uh, what do we call this? Rapid Review. Rapid Review segment, Anne-Marie. <laughs> for the last game of our Rapid Review segment, we are going to be looking at So You've Been Eaten. Uh, designed by Scott Alms, art by Quanchai Moria, and published by Luda Creations. Mm-hmm. So you've been eaten. This is a game <laughs> that uh, I uh, kickstarted. It was kickstarted. You did. You kickstarted this just, I think, purely by the title and 100%. the art. I only looked at the the name. Yeah. And like the theme of what was going on and the, and the artwork of the cover, and I was like, yeah, okay, for yeah. sure. Don't care how it plays. No, this no, game is really coming care. home. I saw Quanche Moria art and. Yeah. Oh. Just the name, so you've been eaten, and then the artwork is this guy standing there with a monster about to eat him, and thought, okay, sure, let's back this and see what happens. <laughs> and then um, I read a bit into it, and it said this is a two-player game, or you can play it solo, or you can play zero yeah. players. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I have to back this. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. But we'll get to that. So this is, in its essence, 100% a two-player game, or a... Solo you game, could do solo, but, but yes. this is a great um, me versus you yes. kind of game because it's it's asymmetrical. It's me doing my thing and you doing your thing. Yeah. To be fair, neither of us have played this solo because no, we've no. But I, it. I imagine it plays well solo. Yeah. But the whole idea of just because uh, it's so different between the two sides for sure um, that it, it just seems like a really solid two-player yeah game at its yeah. at its core. Um, so the, what's the theme here? <laughs> You're, you're basically, um, it's kind of a parody on big corporations and yep. how they uh, how they do not care whatsoever about their employees. Correct. <laughs> so you are, um, you're, uh, you're going in to basically harvest crystals from the belly of Space a monster. Beast. Space beast, right? Yes. So you've got your gear. It looks like you're like a, an astronaut almost. Yep. And you're going in and you're trying to harvest these crystals and um, you get you know, your minimal gear and, uh, you can upgrade your gear. Um, but you get to upgrade just from what's been left behind from the poor souls who did not, did not. make it out <laughs> of the beast before you, because they're like, Oh, we spent so much money, you know, putting in all the guys ahead of you. We're not going to spend all that money because you're mm. not going to make it out. <laughs> it's funny because the, the thematically, like all the tools that the, the astronauts and these, like these space guys use inside the, the uh, the monster's belly are not dissolvable, yeah. But you and your spacesuit are, yeah. So like <laughs> you are, you could be killed and and turned into goo, but 
all your gear gadgets are going to just be left behind for the next person to come. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, so that is the theme, believe it or not, that you're inside the belly of this space beast um, trying to find crystals and, and be expelled out the back end with these crystals. And so how does this play? It is 100% asymmetrical between uh, one player playing as the beast's belly yep. and the other one being the little astronaut floating around inside. And there are, uh, yeah, very, very different ways in which this uh, plays out. So the astronaut is who I've only been, and you've only been the monster. Yeah, I've played the beast. Yeah. Um, the way it works is it's quite simple. Um, the, uh, there's a main board, which is, again, it's a long, long, skinny board. Long, yeah. skinny board. Long, and you play board. this one, though, you play this one with it vertically yeah. between you so that I'm at my end uh, as the astronaut with my kind of control panel and then yeah. you were at your end uh, with all the different bacteria yeah. <laughs> of the of the beast. And in this uh, belly of this beast is what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards. And on each one of these cards... They're stomach cards. Stomach cards are going to be a whole array of different things. There's going to be crystals, which is what I'm trying to acquire. Yes. There's, the uh, crystals also colors? give me... The beast gives me energy. There are four colors. And there's... No, no, of the crystals. There's one, oh, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight different crystals that I need to acquire. Yeah. And there are also four different types of... Bacteria. Bacteria um, that are trying to eat me. And yep. Dissolve me. And then there's also <laughs> different pieces of equipment, like we said, that yep. are floating around. Tools and gear. From the people that didn't uh, make it out last time. And that's it. The, the, so these seven cards get laid out. Um, and then I kind of start the game at my end as the astronaut. And I'm going to roll three die. And those die have, or what, one to six? Yeah, one to six. And I'm going to roll those, and I'm going to see what I have to work with. You're oh. a miner. A miner. A okay, miner, sure. yeah. Mining these crystals from the guts of the space yeah. beast. And Play an astronaut miner. Yeah, you don't, don't <laughs> get, yeah, for sure he's an astronaut because he's, he's in, in this space. crazy space uh, suit. But, um, so these six die are going to dictate what I can, or these three die are going to dictate what I can do on my turn. And I have this little, um, kind of, I think it's like your wristband yeah. is what it's kind of looking like. It's kind of like this thing that you have on your wrist that you're going to be pushing buttons sort of thing thematically. And, um, on there, there's kind of three sections that I can use. There's kind of a, a section that allows me to, um, harvest crystals of whatever might be there at depending on where it is in the gut so in there's the, seven cards in the digestive tract yeah <laughs> um so if i if i roll the six a five and a two let's say are my cards i could play a six a five or a two into my harvesting section on my wrist guard and if there's a crystal on card six five or two I can simply just take that crystal, yep. add it to my uh, bag, basically, and now I've collected that crystal. Say it was an orange crystal. Now I take that little piece and I put it over here. Now I've collected the orange crystal. Great. And I use that with my six die because it was in the sixth slot. That card's going to pop out and the cards are going to move down, right? Yep. The, yeah, so they're going to slide down um, and fill in where that six was. But you're not going to add more cards for this round. Only these seven cards are the only cards that I have to deal with for right. this whole round. Then they're going to kind of slide down and fill in the gaps. And then I got my five and my two. And I could use these in any other 
place I want. There's a few different spots on your wrist, wrist uh, computer that you can use. There's another one where I can start to eliminate um, bacteria. the bacteria. So because on those cards, there's going to be yellow bacteria, red bacteria, green bacteria, and blue bacteria. And they're all out to get me. So I want to try and eliminate these uh, as as uh, fast as possible. Right. Um, because Just on a note, as as soon as so at the end of every um, at the end of every one of your turns, the yes. miners' turns, whatever bacteria is closest to you, I'm gonna get attacked. You're gonna it. get attacked by it, and then I would move up on the B side. I would move my bacteria up a notch, that specific color. Mm-hmm. And as soon as one color has attacked you four times i'm dead you're dead yeah. and i win. <laughs> so i have to be watching those tracks to be like okay well i'm already been hit twice by blue the next one in the number one slot that's going to be attacking me at the end of this round is also a blue i've got to get rid of this or i'm going to be down to one hit away from dying yeah and how do i get rid of them though i have to have two of the same colored bacteria adjacent to each other so let's say i had a one and two slot one card and two card both had blue on it. I could then attack either one of them, the two slot or the one slot, depending on which dice I have. Yep. Because right now I do have a two and say there was a blue in two and a blue in one. I play the, the number two die into my little eliminator slot on my wrist guard and I should basically shoot a laser and kill Bye bye bacteria. If there was three of them adjacent, I could also kill all three yes. of them, but that's really rare. Yeah. So I would kill off, boom, Kill off both those two cards. Away those cards go. Everything else slides down, and I have one more die I can use. I do have another spot. You can you can put as many die in as many slots as you want. Yeah. But there's another spot on my wrist guard here that I could use, and this one allows me to maneuver the cards that are remaining in the in the uh, the gut, right? So I could say play down my five card, my five die, into this spot, and that would allow me to take whatever card is sitting in the fifth slot and push it away from me as far as I want. Yes. All the way up to number seven if I'd like. So that's a nice way for you to, uh, as the miner, to try to put bacteria together. Yes. So we can A, move a bacteria that you don't want next to you. Mm-hmm. You can move it farther away. Or let's yeah. say you've got, you know, another couple bacteria of that color and you want to put this in the middle so that you have three in a row or yeah. put it beside another one to set you up for your next turn. Yeah. You can do that. So between the two spots of like shooting lasers to eliminate the the bacteria and this one on um, moving the bacteria there's you know a lot of cool combinations you can do there depending on what your die roll is because you have to remember that whatever your die roll are are the slots of cards that you're able to yeah work they with. directly correlate to the, yeah. the so card I can slot. only move if if i put a number five card or die into that uh, maneuver spot i can only move the card that's in slot number five yeah pushing it away from pushing you. it further away i can't bring it towards that's me that's right pushed away from me and so then it also know allows which... me to uh, adjust another one of my die by plus or minus one yeah. so like there's a lot of cool combinations you can do here and you got to make things. sure you do it in the right order too because yes. you don't want to eliminate cards and get them away and then all you no. have left is a five and you want to put it there and there's no card in the five slot yeah right Another cool thing you can do is you can upgrade each one yeah. of those three things. And in order to do that, um, there's a, in the leftmost side, which is that maneuver spot, you can play a number one or a number two die. And, and you can upgrade all you that need one. to do to upgrade. And you just take off this little uh, cardboard chunk off top of it. And it reveals more options for that spot. Uh, for that uh, spot. Same thing for the middle one. If you play a three or four, you can remove the little cardboard chunk. Reveals an extra little thing you can do. 
And same thing for the rightmost, if you play a five or six, you can also adjust that and it allows you to pick up, instead of just uh, picking up crystals, you can also pick up the equipment that we were talking right. about. And those equipment give you little extra things you can do. Yeah. But that's basically what you're trying to do is just damage control the whole way. It's trying to collect <laughs> the crystals. Once I've collected all eight crystals, boom, I win the game. Yes. It's the only way the miner can win, except for being outlasting you and your stomach deck yeah if we both outlast yeah then you get you get expelled through the bum yep (laughs) (laughs) through the other end and then you would get uh then you count up victory points you get various victory points depending on what you've done in this game there's not a ton you win like seven to five or whatever yeah but so that would be my turn would be rolling those three die playing those three die in some various way and then it moves on to you. Yeah. And my turn, it's it's a lot, there's a lot less involved in my yes, turn. It's much simpler. But it's, there's still, there's a lot of thinking to do in this one. So um, my first step, I'm going to, um, well, I guess we should say at the end of your turn, like we had said, whatever bacteria is there, yeah, I get hit it with. gets hit with. So I would move up the bacteria yeah. and then I'm going to fill the digestive tract. Yeah. So. I start with seven stomach cards in my hand. Yep. And let's say you got rid of three cards on your turn. Yep. I, I get to fill in those three spots however I want with whatever, with the cards that whatever I have. three cards you would like to play. Yeah. Yep. So I can choose, you know, I'm going to have the cards that are going to show the crystals. They're going to show the tools. So I have to decide, oh, do I get this out? Do I, you know, how do I put them out? Um, do I want to try to put some together, separate them? Once I've done that, I can acquire one immune response card so that we have a deck of immune response cards three are all, three are going to be facing up and these are going to be little bonuses for the beast so mm-hmm. um it'll, it might help you out do little things but timing is everything sometimes it'll be like it, immediately after you fill the digestive tract or if yeah. there are three pink bacteria in the stomach at the start of your turn you can do this mm-hmm. so they're going to kind of set you up for the future um so I can acquire those, but they come at a cost. The cost will be, you know, say five. And of those five, let's say if um, crystals are my energy, so they're my money. So if there are, say, three crystals in the digestive tract, I can use that as three of the five dollars. My other two would have to come from me getting rid of cards in my hand. So I would get rid of, say, two cards. That would be my five cost. I have to show the miner, my two cards, because they cannot have crystals on them. Yes. I can't. The miner has to have access to every crystal. In the yeah. stomach cards, each crystal has um, two, two crystal or two cards, two cards with a crystal of that color on yeah. it. So the miner has to know that I'm not getting rid of these crystals, which are his way of kind of winning. Mm-hmm. And I, so I could do that. Um, but depleting my, once the stomach deck is depleted, um, then I've, I can lose. So I don't want to run out of these cards too fast. So I yeah. can't do that all the time. Um, and then once I've acquired that immune response card, then I draw stomach cards back up to my hand limit. So yep. if I was at two, now I'm going to draw five more cards to be up to seven. Yep. Then I get to play a mutation card. Mm-hmm. So on the first round, there are no mutations. The second round, I, I have nine, I think, mutations, two of each color and one Yep. gotcha fake card and um that basically if at the if i played down a pink bacteria mutation card it's face down so the miner doesn't know what it is mm-hmm. if at the end of uh, the miner's next turn if it was a pink bacteria that um, attacked him and i had that pink mutation card then basically gets double attacked and if he has um if he has an upgrade 
uh, if he's taken off an upgrade, I get to cover up an upgrade. Yep. But if he has no upgrades on there, I get to take away a crystal. Which is brutal. Yeah. So, so you wanna, as, a, as a miner, you always want to make sure you have at least one upgrade done at the end of every one of your turns. Because losing a crystal is awful. Yeah, and it's not that you're going to, but if I've guessed properly, it's right, it's you definitely don't want that possible. Even be possible. So it's, um, yeah, because then if that, if both of those crystal cards are already out of the deck, then you can't win and you have to just try to wait me out. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically the, the beast turn. It's a pretty simple turn, but you yep. still have to, a lot of thinking, but um, yeah. yeah you either kill me by getting any one of your four bacteria to its fourth yep. spot, and then I instantly die. Yep. Or if you have five of those immune response, immune response cards. cards out at the end of my turn, yeah. I lose. And if I, um, there are some immune response cards that let me win with only them at the third level. Yes, which is awful. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then the miner can only win by collecting every one of the crystals for an instant win or outlasting the stomach cards. And then, and then having hoping that they've points. acquired a couple more points yep. than, the, than the monster. That's but that is So You've Been Eaten. So... The theme. Does the theme lend well to this game? <laughs> Absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing. Theme. Yeah. It's a great theme. And it, uh, the way they've laid the board out, that's exactly what, like, it's what you're doing. Yep. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, hitting you with bacteria cause you're trying to, you know, take my energy away and you know, you're trying to pick up energy or pick up tools from yeah, the poor souls left behind. And it's hilarious. This yeah. theme is works so good. You do feel like you're in the gut of this monster just, and yeah. trying to outlast these uh, bacteria, bacteria and trying to you. shoot them so they can't, they can't uh, bite you. And oh, it's just damage control the whole way. It's just it's really hilarious theme. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we've painted a pretty good picture that way. Um, and then we can talk about the artwork. So obviously, obviously Moria, fantastic. Some, some of, if not the best oh, art in vibrant. the industry. And good contrast in this one because you've got the digestive tract. So it's like dark down the middle. It's but amazing. then you've got like the vibrant like bacteria yep. in the tract. And then just the bright colors on the outside. And It's amazing. Oh, just it's what you would expect. So good. Uh, from Quanche Moria. Yeah. It's just and the art on the cards notch. is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Fantastic. Artwork. A plus yeah. <laughs> uh, components really good awesome yeah the dice are you know just regular dice but then the uh, we have the Kickstarter version of this so we have the nice big um, crystally looking crystals so we've got like acrylic little things for um, like uh, acrylic sets for the crystals and then yeah. we've got um, wooden screen wooden printed bacteria the, yep really nice the board and is nice clicks yeah. together nicely yeah it's the just little... two two pieces that click together nicely yep. you've got um, the board is double-sided so you can have the solo player on one like yep. is, is one side of the board and um two players the other side yep and yeah great components great components so do we recommend this game and if so who for yes obviously recommend this game it's hilarious <laughs> it's a fantastic two-player game asymmetrical two-player really good i love that idea yeah that what you're doing at that end of totally the different 100 percent different than what i'm doing yeah. at the end of mine your goals are different the your mechanics are different. Everything. Everything is completely Absolutely. different. I love it. I haven't played that side yet. We'll have to do that soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this game I highly recommend. Two players, great game. They say 14 plus on the box. Nah. I think that's a little high. Um, I think nah, that, yeah. I, I mean. Go, our 10-year-old, our or he's almost 10. 
he could play this. He could. He, it would take. There's a bit more strategy and a bit more thinking. So sure. I get that. But, he could but I don't think the content. I mean, you're. It's fighting no, a monster. Content is funny. Right? It's, it's funny. not like say Scope Stalingrad where no. you're. It's like you're a sniper and you're actually like. Yes. The, yeah. You know that you're shooting somebody else. This yeah. is like a monster and it's this not is just real. A, like a Disney movie. This is a cartoon. So, it's it's. So yeah, I I think it could be. I think maybe just their the gameplay is a little bit tougher, it's, it, but it's yeah. it could be it could be taught. It can be taught. It's 14, I think, is high. I would say 10, 11, 12. Yeah. You could certainly play yeah. this. And, um, yeah, 30 minutes, like, it's pretty... Yeah, pretty quick. Pretty decent-sized game, but, yeah. No, I, th- I, would, I would recommend it. I think this game is fantastic. Yeah, and it's out there. I've seen it on shelves. It's uh, I've seen all three... Oh, no, Scope Stalingrad um, has been sold out ever since we got, we got our copy. I haven't seen any more, but uh, So You've Been Eaten and Caper Europe are both available at meeples.ca yeah take a look there um, yeah. uh, you can tell we haven't been in the game for a few weeks because i forgot to do my little spiel at the beginning <laughs> yeah. but well, they're awesome the take a look at them uh yeah. online or in in person yeah. <laughs> at the store Agreed. and we did really good we're at um uh we're basically just over by about four minutes right now yeah so good for us we did three <laughs> games yay us in, in the uh <laughs> in the time that we usually do one <laughs> and hopefully you enjoyed that but we are going to get running so you can uh, find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, the Meeple Dungeon. Anna-Marie still hasn't done her unboxing of my And do it today. Work. She's going to do it. It's today. happening. And it's going to be on our brand new board game. I promise. And, um, yeah, you can see our table. Yeah. If you want to contact us, it's themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And we will run on this next week. Have a great week, everyone. All right, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.